Welcome back to He Leadeth Me, a spiritual formation podcast for focused staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Manager of Spiritual Formation, and today I am once again joined by our focused senior national chaplain, Father Kevin Dyer. Good to be with you. Yeah, thank you for joining me today. So a lot of focused missionaries are praying about whether or not they will stay on focused staff. But our staff also are just in a time in life when they're making tons of decisions. And so I thought it would be really beneficial to do a series of episodes on discerning God's will. Now, Father Kevin, you have tons of missionaries come to you all the time with questions about discerning God's will. So what is the main thing that you tell them when they first come to you? <laughs> the uh, uh, first, don't freak out. Good advice. Don't freak out. This will all work out. The Lord doesn't want us to be yeah, tortured and anxious all the time about serving him. Uh, he wants us to have confidence in him. Uh, so I, th- I think that's important just right off the bat to ask myself, with the decision that I have in front of me, am I entering into it with confidence in the Lord or lack of confidence? And, and if it's lack of confidence... Well, maybe step back, get myself to the chapel, get there in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and spend some time praying about who the Lord is. And then we realize, just a minute, he's good, he's loving, he's all-powerful. He's going to see me where I need to go. Now, I think a lot of missionaries would respond to that saying, I have confidence in Jesus, I just don't have confidence in myself and my <laughs> own ability to hear him. What do you say to that? Well, our hearts are made for him, and he is constantly at work. He loves us. Let's just check that that idea that I can't hear God's will and I'm not capable and ask, is that something that's coming from God or is that something that's coming from the evil spirit? I would have to think that when we really look objectively at our situation in life, that we can have confidence God will work with us to help us. We're so racked with this where, what if I do it wrong? Uh, and I just think it paralyzes people, and it's just such a false question. We, we, can come to that. we can come to that later on the false question of, yeah, what if I'm wrong? Because I think it is a false question. Yeah, the important thing is starting in with, who is God? Okay, I can have some confidence there. Yeah, and that's a good point that if I'm having thoughts like, oh, there's just no way that I can discern God's will, that's probably not a thought that comes from God. Because notice how inward focused it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Trinity is a communion, and becoming closer to God draws us out of ourselves so that we don't have to worry about ourselves all the time, can open outward. So, yeah, the, the self concern can be an obstacle for all of us. So first up, having confidence in God. So I go to the chapel and I pray about who God is, and I'm feeling confident that he will show me his will. What's next? So the next thing that I would say is the, the tradition of discernment within the church is meant to help liberate us from being slaves to our feelings. Mm. 
And it's one of those areas where intellectually we can know, oh yeah, I should not be just thrown around by my feelings. Easy to say intellectually, tougher to do when you've had a semester on campus, you're busy, you're tired, uh, you're just kind of frazzled, maybe you've had some difficulties on campus, and you're just in a place where it's easy to be ruled and guided by your emotions. You know, obviously when people enter into discernment, the lines that always get thrown out there is follow the peace. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a certain truth that can be found in the proper place of following the peace. Our difficulty is that we confuse peace and relief. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm just relieved. I don't have to do that difficult thing. That must be peace. I'll follow the peace. And there we go. Yeah, I think that probably happens a lot. It happens to all of us <laughs> more, more often than we would want to admit, I think. So how do you know the difference between peace and relief? I think that getting into the some of the core insights and discernment help us to make the distinction. Okay. So if we look at St. Ignatius and the rules for discernment that he put in place and his rules for making an election or basically making a choice, the first principle is to go to his first principle, the first principle and foundation, which tells us the goal of our life. So the decision that we make, any decision we have to make in life, should be directed toward, well, what's my purpose in life? If I know my purpose, then I can say, okay, this decision here is going to lead me to it. So what am I created to do? To praise, reference, and serve God our Lord. That is the salvation of our soul, to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord. And so let's think about that. What is it to live a life of praise, reverence, and service of God? You know, it's, a, it's a life of tremendous gratitude, a life of tremendous recognition of everything that God has done for us. So you know, if we come in with an attitude of, oh, God just wants to make my life miserable. Well, then stop. Stop right there and check that at the door. Like, why am I thinking that God wants to make my life miserable? Yeah, or that God wants me to automatically choose the most difficult thing. Yeah, God wants me to be tortured throughout my life. Why? Because torture is good. Well, of course that's a lie. God wants my salvation. Now, sometimes the road to my salvation is difficult. Without a doubt, sometimes I have to make difficult decisions to get there. But at the end of the day, this is a great thing. It's a great thing that the way that God shapes and forms us. And, you know, just the, the older I get, the more experiences that, that I've had in life, you know, I see it. That even some of those tough decisions I had to make or those tough assignments that, that I said yes to were things that molded me and formed me in a way that I can see, ah, God, that's how you were at work there. Mm-hmm. And so and so now I can go into you know, a decision, into an assignment with a certain amount of, you know, going back to the original idea of confidence. All right, God wills my salvation. And my salvation is a great thing to praise, revere, to serve God. So I think that that's another prayer that can help people enter into discernment. You know, a lot of this has just been, what are the precursors? What's the right context? Well, one of the right contexts is, 
to pray about what does it mean to live a life of praise, reverence, and service of God. Notice how little that is inward focused again. Mm-hmm. You know, about being worried that will my needs be met or will I get what I need? Uh, no, it's outward focused toward God. I think that's huge. So basically, it's you're beginning with the end in mind. And my end is praise, reverence, and serve God. That's the purpose of my life. I think so often when we think about a choice and we go to pray about it, the first things that come to mind and then to prayer are, am I happy in my current situation? Do I think that this choice will lead me to happiness? And I know for missionaries, a big thing is their vocations or their future. And so they start thinking of all the ripple effects that could happen if they make one choice or the other. And you're right, they become enslaved to their feelings and everything else. And they start thinking, well, uh, what do I desire? I've heard that my desire is God's will implanted in me. And they get themselves really confused and bent out of shape. And what they need to do is just focus on the end in mind. Yeah. And you, know, and you kind of bring up there you know, the second point, or the second half of the principle and foundation that, okay, we're created to praise, reverence, and serve God. And everything in our life finds its place insofar as it helps us. So if it helps us, great. But, but if it hurts us in that regard, well, watch out. Because the things that hurt us is, you know, those are what St. Ignatius calls attachments. To be inordinately attached to something. To be attached to something in a way that harms us. Mm-hmm. And... So for, you know, let's take someone who is trying to decide whether to join staff or not. It could be the opinion of their family or friends, the desire for a certain standard of living, uh, a certain job or to live in a certain place or a certain level of freedom. These could be the attachments that would keep them from choosing the thing that lead them toward God. Those will all still be in place for the missionary who's trying to decide whether to join staff or leave staff or, you know, go to a different campus or apply for team director or regional director, or, you know, things like that. Those are all still going to be there. Plus some other ones. And like you mentioned vocation. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's one where you see it all the time that I desire to be in my vocation, but the way that it's engaged causes so much anxiety and grasping and control and leads to this place. Yeah. I just don't trust God. Mm-hmm. I desire to be in my vocation, and I do not trust that God is leading me toward my salvation and happiness. And so once we see it, step back. We, we step back. We check it. Now, can we just get rid of our attachments all of a sudden? Of course not. Mm-hmm. But we can be aware of them and know, all right, this is going to come up, and I'm not going to let it sway me too much. Going back to peace versus relief. Relief is what pops up when we uh, realize that we can have one of our attachments. Yes. Okay, so that's, that's what I was thinking about. I feel like um, sometimes, so say that a missionary eventually really wants to be closer to their hometown. And they can think, well, if I leave focus, I can go back home 
and that gives me a lot of relief or it's just that they really are too attached to that, but they don't see that. And so they think that this is consolation. God is telling me that I should go back home. I feel like the missionaries uh, and students and a lot of people throw around the terms consolation and desolation without really get to, getting to the heart of what those terms mean. Can you talk a little bit about consolation and desolation? Yeah, you can talk a lot about it. <laughs> the I think in this context, what might be important to to bring up and that will help us distinguish more between the the peace and the relief. Consolation leads us toward an increase in faith, hope, and charity. And kind of a a desire for faith, hope, and charity, you know, to be inflamed with it. So is what I'm experiencing filled with the Lord? Is it filled with, you know, this, oh yes, I, I believe in you, Lord. I hope in uh, your promises and I want to love you above all things and my neighbor is myself. Another word we could throw in there, which encompasses the spirit of faith, hope, and love, is freedom. That I feel this freedom within myself to, to be led by the Lord. And, and I've experienced this in my life, you know, in making choices with my superiors, I find it's, it's good to be in a place where, okay, I, I'm pretty sure that A is the way I'm supposed to go. But I'm also free. I'm also free. Like, I trust God. And, and if it's, you know, if it's the will of my superior or, you know, something just presents itself to say, nope, over here that I can say, all right, Lord, I accept. Like at the end of the day, I accept where, where you lead. But I also know that I have a responsibility to the best of my uh, knowledge to say, I think that the Lord is leading me toward A. So yeah, that's, that's where you experience that freedom, which is also a mark of an increase of faith, hope, and charity. I think that's the thing that a lot of people forget about consolation is that it's an increase in faith, hope, and charity. Mm-hmm. It's not just a feeling of relief. And so going back to that example of somebody's trying to decide whether or not they should stay on staff, and maybe they really struggle with fundraising. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, I have a lot of peace with leaving staff because I feel consolation around not having to fundraise anymore. That's not actually consolation because it's not leading you to an increase in faith, hope, and charity. You just relieved that you won't have to do that that thing, and so and that's where you know the the common line comes in is if you're going to leave, leave towards something. Mm. Because it might be that, yeah, just fundraising will never be something that is that is easy for me. But, you know, God wants me to stay. Or it could be, yeah, fundraising fundraising is never going to be easy for me. God wants me to do something else. Well, let's 
let's really go into what that something else is. And is that something else an opportunity to praise, reverence, and serve God? Does that something else lead to an increase in faith, hope, and charity? Is, you know, what is that something else going to, to do for you? That's really interesting um, because I've heard some people say, well, I feel consolation with leaving focus, but I don't have anything that I feel called to, just leaving focus. And so uh, they might just leave and then kind of get anxious, like, where's God's will? It's not preventing itself. And I always think of what my spiritual director has said. He works in the seminary, and sometimes men will say, you know, I feel called to leave the seminary. And he'll say, don't jump off the train unless there's something to jump onto. Yeah. So do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I there's agree. a positive choice there that God is wanting. I think in general, you, you want a positive choice that you are going toward uh, with some sense that this is of the Lord. Not meaning that the Lord sent you a ticker tape message. And I think that this is something, this is a pitfall that people will consider discerning the Lord's will as the ticker tape message. God's saying, all right, here is the one thing of all things that you're supposed to do. And, and that, that's, that is the only thing that discernment is. To know mm-hmm. exactly, with 100% certainty, at the end of the day, this is what I have to do. So, yes, I think that's a pitfall. Regarding that, I remember when you were teaching me to lead the spiritual exercises, you used the metaphor of God communicating his will in like a cell phone conversation where it's very private and only the person discerning can know his exact will versus a megaphone where God is communicating his will very broadly and it's the same for a large group of people. And you asked me, what do you think is Ignatius's opinion? And I automatically thought, is this a trick question? (laughs) It seems like, of course, it must be the cell phone model. And yet, as I was thinking about those two things, I think that is by and large the opinion that everybody has, that God has a very specific will for me. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who can hear it. And that causes a lot of stress in an individual. <laughs> a huge amount of stress. Yeah. So can you speak into that a little bit? <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to be a little cheeky here on this one. We they, love it uh, when you're cheeky. One of, the favorite, uh, one of my favorite speeches of all time was from the former president of Jesuit High School in New Orleans, who, uh, who reminded the, uh, the students at Jesuit in his departing address that you are not special. many of you came from schools that made a point of telling you that you were special we're here to tell you you are not special the boys are cheering they're like yes we're not special but there's there's something to that like we want to be special like we we want to to think all right yeah the lord is he has this specific handwritten message for me and and that is the height of religion right there the Mm -hmm. height of spirituality when Let's think about this with some humility. What is it that is most sure in the Catholic faith? It's public revelation. And we give short shrift to public revelation. We give short shrift to the teaching about God in and of himself and wanting to know God uh, as he is. We give short shrift to, to the law given to us and the moral law. We give short shrift to the sacraments and the life of grace there. Uh, these, these public, you know, readily uh, knowable points of revelation that have been given to us. 
So there is an aspect of, you know, well, God's will has been revealed. You know, it is to grow in holiness through the ordinary means of holiness within the church. And, and so a lot of decisions that we think of in the cell phone model could more effectively be approached in, you know, the megaphone model, you know, however it is we want to talk about, you know, thing just in terms of, all right, what's going to help me grow in holiness? I think that that is the most relieving thing of all. Just thinking, what is going to help me grow in holiness rather than God has some very specific will for me in this situation and I better try really hard to figure it out because nobody else can hear it. And if I don't find it, you know, there it is. Yeah, I the mean, ripple it's all effects over. will affect the rest of your life. I'm not, if I don't make the right choice about what city I'm supposed to live in, I might not meet the person I'm supposed to marry and things are going to go downhill fast. Very fast. And God will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just becoming more and more convicted of this, that we live, yeah, we live in that fear so often and don't, and don't recognize how powerful and creative God is, that he can get to us in so many ways. He can form us in so many ways, you know, in all sorts of different circumstances. Yeah, and it's just... Life becomes so much better once you realize that God's always at work and exactly. he's always trying to get at you. Exactly. Well, so Father Kevin, I'd like to end today with giving people some points for prayer. We talked about a lot of important things here. Do you have any advice for prayer, like scripture passages or anything else, on how somebody can begin this journey of discerning God's will with uh, either praying through the principle and foundation or just praying uh, about confidence in God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is an area, this is an area where you can grow in a spirituality of the Psalms because the Psalms are going to express all this stuff. And you know, just think about it in terms of, you know, how is it that the Blessed Mother prayed and Jesus prayed? They prayed with the Psalms. And, you know, the Psalms have a lot of praise in them. And so if we're wanting to, you know, prepare our hearts by saying, first, I want to be a person of praise and, and gratitude, all right, we can find that in the Psalms. And then we can notice, too, well, what's our resistance? Because we always have resistances to that. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world. You know, it's like, you know, we identify them so that we can bring them uh, to the Lord. So the, the Psalms are a good place to start, uh, particularly when we have in mind gratitude uh, the praise, reverence, and service of God. Um, you know, I think you want to spend a little bit of time identifying attachments. You don't have to spend a long time obsessing over it or worrying about it or thinking, I have to make these disappear right now. But if you ask the Lord generally, he shows you pretty quickly and it becomes obvious what it you're becomes, attached to. It becomes obvious. So yes. how do you recommend somebody prays when they're like, yeah, I know that I'm attached to this thing and I really want this thing to happen and I will be disappointed if it doesn't. Well, so I, I think that, that that is also an area. Of what, what, once you're aware of it, that is something to be offered to the Lord. You know, to say... Lord, I know that this is that this is within me. I also know that you're that you are more powerful than my attachment. Mm. And so, you know, just help me, help me to try to make a decision with a certain amount of freedom 
in this area. And the negative is conquered by the positive. Mm. Yes, I should be aware of the attachment. But if I really find that it's presenting itself, it's really lodged within me and causing me trouble, turn toward praying with the love of God. Mm. Both God's love for you and his desire to increase your love for him. And it is amazing how love conquers these negative things. That's a great point. Yeah. Ah, So this is just our first episode in a series on discernment. In our next episode, we're going to talk about the three modes of discernment, according to St. Ignatius of Loyola. Could you give people just a little appetizer on what the three modes are? And modes means ways of discernment. So the just a brief, a brief little appetizer is that at least according to St. Ignatius, he recognizes that decisions can be made in different ways. And there are sometimes, going back to the, the cell phone model, there are times where the cell phone model seems to be in effect. It just doesn't happen very often. And not to worry, because there's other ways, you know, which with extended prayer and consolation and desolation, or just using my my God-given uh, natural capacities, uh, that I can go about making a decision. So yeah, we can we can talk about that in the next episode. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to talk about those three ways of discernment. Um, could you offer a blessing for everybody who's listening today? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God Almighty Father, we give you thanks and praise. You are good. You are loving. You are provident. You desire our salvation. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ and through his blood shed on the cross, that you might send forth the Holy Spirit on all those listening here today. We ask you to calm their hearts, give them tremendous confidence in you, a tremendous generosity to know your will for their lives and to be prompt in accomplishing it. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me today, Father Kevin. Thank you, Jessica. And thanks, everyone, for listening.